Right, so, as um, our wonderful listener base will know, um, I have been assigning walkout songs to Worlds players. So, as has been exemplified by that fantastic piece of media, the WWE, what if individual players got, like, their theme song that they walked out to at Worlds? What would be, like, the, the song that exemplifies them? And last week we had Armut. This is filling in for you, Alex. And the song that we ended up choosing was the song that we still don't know the name of, but the I Like Em Big, I Like Em Chunky song from Madagascar. Oh, Moto Moto. Yes. Yes, because the facial expression of Moto Moto is armor down to a T, pretty much. But I have the I have brought for you this week what would everyone's favorite hero that couldn't quite make it what would Doggo's walkout music be? Devil Trigger by uh, by Casey Edwards, the uh, the song that was for Devil May Cry. Oh, that's such a like good and fast answer. I mean, I might have had a, been listening to it like two weeks ago, and it's in my current this year's Spotify playlist. I might I yeah. might might be lucky. I don't know. It's it's got to be something where it's all about what all and nothing because yeah, the drama that came out with that. For me, the I was angling for Kingslayer by Bring Me the Horizon feet Baby Metal. Yeah. I think that's a that's a solid like it's a banger. It's, oh, it's such a banger. If um, dear and wonderful listeners that we love very much, if you have not, uh, you're a gamer, I don't know why you wouldn't have listened to Kingslayer, but if you have not listened to Kingslayer, go and listen. I see Hank frantically Googling it. Go and listen to Kingslayer because it is a banger of the highest order. It's a wonderful mix of, like, mild screaming and J-pop, which I would not think would go together, but it really does. You've never listened to the Gazette then, I'm guessing. Oh, Hank is going hard in the paint right now, trying to find this I'm song. trying to find something, because I'm, I'm trying to find something to fit, like, I don't know, some sort of narrative of, like, I don't know, like, always there, but never, like, always there and always consistent, but always kind of wrong place, wrong time sort of thing. I don't know, like, Ocean life, Man? life is happening to him. <laughs> And because the circumstances are ultimately out of his control in which he shines, he cannot do anything in the opportunities o that he is given. Ocean Man. So Nicki Minaj. Ocean Man. Take me by the hand. Lead me to the land. And on that I'm bombshell, say... that's this week's episode of the Great Strike Podcast done, guys. We'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Welcome, everyone. It's Critical Strike Podcast on a no, it's Sunday. It's a Sunday afternoon slash evening. Afternoon for me, evening for y'all. And y'all are Meg, as well as Alex, otherwise known as Masked Swan or Swan, our resident LJL expert, because we're doing this pod on the eve of the group stage. And right after the play-ins, whence, not from whence, you don't say from whence, by the way, because whence literally means from where. So if you're saying from whence, it's redundant. There's your grammar lesson for the day, kids. Um... <laughs> The playing stage is whence my beloved CB LOL fell, but Alex's and really all of our beloved DFM, Detonation Focus Me, made it out of the groups or made it out of the planes and into the group stage for the first time ever under any format at Worlds because CB LOL has made the group stage before, but back before planes were properly planes. It was International Wildcard and whatnot. So, um, oh, but hey, no, BEDG and then went 05. Um, but hey, we beat EDG. Uh, who else is looking at BDDG is Detonation Focus Me as they were drawn into uh, into a group of legends, which is, so we're, we're going to break kind of all that down, everything from the play-ins, everything from, you know, LJL, Hopium, etc. Um, Alex, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and second, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are as a person, personality, the connection to the LJL, and, and, and I'm curious, because uh, I've got my, you know, my connection to the CB LOL is that I was born there. Uh, born in the CB LOL, not in Brazil. Born in the CB LOL studio. Born in the CB LOL. Wow. Um, I am, I'm only eight years old, actually. I've only been around since 2013, officially. <laughs> but, uh, and, and why, why, why the LJL? 
Okay, so uh, I guess I'm going to be talking real quick. So apologies to any of those listeners out there that are not native speakers, as I am about to probably talk 200 words per second. Well, nah, not that fast. That'd be impressive, though. Imagine if I could do that. Don't worry. So, hello, everybody. I am Alex, otherwise known as Lexi, by Mars One on the internet. That is my spiel. I am a League of Legends color commentator and host. Far more of a host. Um, I do panels, podcasts. Um, I've been doing the LJLOU, or the LJL Officially Unofficial, as it was first known as, uh, for two full years now. Um, quick re- thing before that. Before I've done that, I have been a tech expert. I have been tech support, first line, second line support. I've worked for Apple. I've I've been a genius, supposedly, not officially, just been titled. So yeah, only counts so much. Been a, a videographer. Cap- a capital over- G genius, which somehow means less than a lowercase G genius. Sadly, yes. Um, More. Continue. That's just, that's just how that goes. Um, I've been a videographer in LA. I've done a. I've had a bunch of different hats over my head, but I got to. I got to have the pleasure of interviewing Meg on a panel when I was actually hosting. Um, that was incredible. Wow, that was about a year ago. But uh, I mean, still, it was. was it, yeah. No way was that a year ago. It was about a year ago. Yeah. Time yeah, is a I was flat going through vods oh recently. Um, <laughs> since. Uh, uh, outside of that, um, I love playing video games and talking about video games. Uh, I do occasional writing, um, and I I just really like doing random voices, playing video games, and I'm an ex-professional Magic the Gathering player. Nice. Are you watching uh, MTG Worlds right now? I no, because on. Magic the Gathering is a dead fucking game. Wow. Sorry, Ooh, I didn't even know if I'm allowed to swear. Throwing the gauntlet you are, down. You're good. Yeah, it's fine. No, yeah, we, 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 we want honesty. I'm a, se- I'm a second generation player. My father was a former number one in the UK. Wow. I have risen the ranks. It's a dead fucking game. They're killing the, the competitive aspect. There's no sense Oof. in paying attention unless you want to just watch a ship sadly sink. And <laughs> I just don't have the heart to do that. But I lo- I still love Magic. I just really hope the game actually stops being so dead. And they actually put money in the competitive scene once again, Wizards. Wizards wow. of the Coast, this is the- we're talking to you right now, Wizards of the Coast. Listen in, hear our cry. Make Magic the Gathering a real game again. Please. I, I'm not gonna- can we just not talk about worlds? I want to go in a deep- I want to do a therapy session. Don't keep giving me excuses. For- Damn, wow. I feel like we've unlocked something right now. Can we can and, we explore actually, this a bit? This is a safe uh, space. I, I like I like want to go more into it because I, a good friend of mine from home is a big uh, big MTG fan, and I'm sure they would have thoughts on it as well. Um, but wow, see the, the best kind of worm the best kind of worms are the ones that come out of a can that you didn't know you could open, that didn't even know it was there to open. Um, However, we will get sued for false advertising if we do talk about Magic the Gathering because we have explicitly stated that this is a Worlds podcast. So, gang, if you want to hear talk about Magic the Gathering, follow Alex on Twitter because I'm sure there's going to be some of that on there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, at Masked Swan, for anyone uh, wondering, as I just pulled up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, but with... Uh, so, we're, we're... The way we're kind of... So, let's start with plans, and we're going to go around and do happy surprises... Uh, bad surprises first do we so alec i'll start with you uh happy surprise and am i allowed to say that you can't choose dfm i think that's a fair thing to say okay all right no dfm happy surprise happy surprise for me uh galatisserie i think there's the breakout story for most people um i honestly i'd done scouting and i thought this squad was going to be the worst team in the group not joking. I genuinely thought they were the worst. I watched their play-ins. I, I was looking at them. Uh, I watched their like finals and uh, semi-finals. It's the max amount of research I could do. Sadly, there's no like English-speaking expert like myself. I'll, I'll, otherwise, like CB Lol has got a few experts. Like L- um, LLA has got a few English-speaking experts. There's not a huge amount for Turkey, so I didn't have a few contacts I could reach out to. But oh my god, their day one was so good! They were so clean! They came in day one already with a great read on the metagame. Mm. And the fact is, yeah, they ended up playing what ended up being the top two teams in, in, their, in the following days. And it's unfortunate that they had that because I'm, I'm not even joking. If they played DFM on day one, they could have taken us. And day one Cloud9 versus day one Galatasaray would have probably been the best match in that day. I'm not even oh, joking. 100%. It would have rivaled LNG Humway Life for me because of the trajectory that these two teams seem to be on. And I think that's so interesting how, it, like, because it is just... And, and, and I appreciate that, you know, 
four out of the five teams in any given group have a chance that given that it's you know uh that it's best of ones and you only do single round robin because Mm -hmm. the way that certain teams evolved through the tournament i think dfm and peace are my two big ones where i don't even think dfm looked bad but to your point cloud nine came out the gates and i was like all right like i I was feeling really good i was like damn maybe like dfm maybe it's just a you know were, were they actually as good as I remembered at MSI? Was I kind of making that stuff up? Like, they're supposed to, you know, they have the support back, right? Um, but, man, I mean, they grew into the tournament. They they came out of it as the hottest team out of play-ins. I think you can just money. look at the Zven hot take from the interview that he gave, and he's like, to Travis Gafford, where he's like, yeah, no, I don't understand the rivalry. There isn't anything between us. And then DFM get to come back and slap him after. It's like, my dude. We're two and two. We're two and two against them this whole year. We they've true, only got a fifty percent win rate, and we played hard two of those games with our coach Kazu. Like they don't get to actually be like, oh, there's no rivalry. You lost with a co- sub coach in. Mate, Sven and Balkan aren't unbeatable. Yeah, Sven and Balkan are unbeatable. I was like, we'll get actually no, we'll get onto that later because that is another segment that we have coming up, but. Sven and Vulcan are for sure not unbeatable. No. No, they, they didn't look fantastic. Yeah, no, that's a whole thing. Um, but like, okay, that later. Uh, Meg, happy surprise from the planes. Uh, Jojo and Titan from Red Canids. Um, I mm. really like the... I'm not just saying that because Hank's here. Um, I like the aggression that they showed. They have kind of up there with the best... I think they have like a 44% first blood rate over the course of the play-ins which is like for a team who are coming here with a lot to prove i like it when we get to see some claws out straight away i like it when you see that people aren't afraid to take early plays and to kind of engage in the fiesta a little bit but also come out of it relatively unscathed and um i very sorry to say this hank was not expecting a massive amount from the red canids and i was actually very pleasantly surprised i think um jojo and titan performed like surprisingly well given the circumstances Mm -hmm. no i think um every maybe it's because i was scarred from brtt at msi and maybe it's just i don't know something about brazilian 80 carries something about brazilian 80 carries that have a champion that has one of their abilities is hey you get to move a certain distance forward or backward like you know just kind of at will here on like a 10 second cooldown uh his tristan and then uh titans ezreal they play with a lot of aggression um and they like to test the limits of their champions but uh yeah i mean i, I do think that titan uh i mean well first of all that game one performance on ezreal was unholy that was that was so much fun i was uh yeah i uh i do think you got to go out there and look like you're gonna it's gonna come back to bite you, but like, like, like you know, about as often as it succeeds for you. But like, if you are a minor region team, this is again, this is a, a truism that I think is a little overgeneralized. But if you're coming in there with a slight talent deficit or a, or a big talent deficit, you cannot be afraid to ask the questions in any given game because at the end of the day, any skill check on even terms you will lose. So you got to create yeah. on even terms. You've got to be the one to push the issue. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciated that red. My my kind of happy surprise was that red sort of on that they for the most part and there were a couple instances where they didn't which made me very sad they stuck to what made them good in um in in cb law and it's something right? rarely seen from a lot of rookie teams that come up they, they think they have to adapt mm-hmm. yeah and it's and, and it's like it, it, and i think it's so easy to, to like get in your own head because like exactly. there's, there, there's like adapting and then there's like and, and it's hard i'm not saying i have the answer to this but it's like because you will have to adapt somewhat and to stay rigid is a bad thing, but you cannot abandon certain principles that made you good. Because, yeah, you're- There is a very fine line between learning- You do learning. B3 esports and you run, you do the speed run to the airport if you do try and do mm-hmm. what you're different. Go look at that. Hey, I'll mm-hmm. flame my own region and teams when it's appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. obviously you need to, there is like a lot to be said for learning from the people that you play against. And if you are, at Worlds, you're playing against the best teams in the world, you are going to pick up, and you should be picking up, certain stylistic elements, certain, like, warding choices, certain roam timers, things like that, that you can take back to your region and use to improve yourselves and your region. But also, you got there because you played well. Sure, it wasn't against the same opponents that you're going to be against now, but you played well, you won your region, you got there, you can take the core elements of your gameplay that you used in your home region, and they're still going to work 
against major like major region players do not have like bionic hand grafts that make them suddenly incapable of like losing to certain strats like you can do goofy shit for want of a better way of saying it and it's gonna work some of the time and you have to try goofy shit when you're coming in at a perceived disadvantage mm-hmm. yep no comfort is uh comfort is confidence and confidence he- is good play um and they kind of got um so as we get into kind of bad surprises uh and maybe this was naive of me i'll be honest this was my first year covering the cb lol as intensely as i did like kind of front to back for a full year and like knowing like a lot about a lot um so i'll start here and then we'll go in reverse order for bad surprises um was how i don't know and again this is I, I realize now this is pretty naive but how quickly a lot of the discourse on twitter in brazil shifted to like negativity when red Canids did um when they did get eliminated and i was like wait a minute i thought these were the golden children i thought these were guys that because they hadn't been in the league as long there weren't already these opinions formed about them right because like i, th- mm. I think it's easier to like for example i want to think of lcs right like i'm way more likely to have a stupid or bad take about someone like a a double lift or a Bjergsen, right? These guys who've been in the league longer, right? Because I can attach, I can attach like certain negative memories I have of them. But if someone's a young talent, especially from somewhere like the LCS or CB Lowell, which has done the lateral talent movement thing for a long time, and I've only just started doing the vertical talent movement thing, that's exciting. And it, a, a lot of it just flipped really quickly. And I, and I was kind of sad about that. And Titan went on this like Twitter thread, just kind of defending. He's like, look, we're going to stay who we are. And I got to interview Grefthar after one of the games. And I said like, you know, how do you balance kind of your newfound fame for lack of a better term? He said, look, I want to stay me. I still want to be me. Like I, you know, I when I started this game, I was just a kid from Hisifi, which is from the Northeast. Like I wanted to come to São Paulo and play. Like I was just a kid from Hisifi with a dream. That's still who I am, and I want I want I want to stay humble and I want to be a kid from Hisifi with a dream, um, because that'll keep me humble, but that'll keep me motivated. Um, and like part of what they do, and part of what I realize that CB Lowell also does a lot is like y'all know how like in Valorant they like smack talk each other in between rounds. Yeah. And we'll just like, like jump the, out the of their chair across the stage and just hurl verbal insults at other people. Mm-hmm. League, I think the structure of league, because it's not rounds, doesn't really allow for that as much. But I was going back and watching some like old uh, kind of uh, mic checks, if you will. They do that a lot in Brazil. They just mm-hmm. smack talk each other, like in between, like you know, literally. I've seen you know, eighty carries, like you know, Titan even like will yell at like his former teammates. Right, it's like like oh, remember in twenty eighteen when you did this thing because that was a very good Kaboom team in twenty eighteen that went to MSI and. Uh, and worlds and we'll yell things like oh don't get tilted don't get tilted or <laughs> or robo robo come back wait no 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 don't run away low I'm, I'm your big fan i'm a big fan no 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 come here i want to I get your autograph <laughs> like and just yell like like again it's like pre-covid it's so like they're yelling at each other and like you can hear that and like i, I don't like so when they were like smack talking infinity they, they did that a little bit because that was the one game that they just waxed them uh well they didn't the early game was bad but anyway they stayed themselves right and, and, and a lot of the discourse on twitter was why would you say things like that? Why, you know, like you can't go, like we're a minor region. We can't be going up there and talking smack, right? We're going to lose. You've got and to like, have some confidence in yourself. And, and that's literally what he said, right? Because like, cause I get where that comes from because you're right. But like, you can't go up there thinking you're going to lose. No, no. There's no shot because there's no shot in hell you're going to win. You have to, no, you're, you're exactly right. You have especially to have that confidence. Especially as a competitor. Especially as a competitor. And, and that's doesn't... literally what he said. He said, we are competitors. This is what we do. You, ah. If I don't know anybody, I'd say you read the tweet. I, I haven't read the tweet, but it, it, it's it's quite literally the kind of thing as a former competitor myself. Like, if you ask any team and any player when the season's starting, they're all like, we're going to win this region. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. 10 teams in each, in like LCS and LEC, mm-hmm. they're not going to win. Like, 90% not every of the people are going to be wrong. Exactly, right? <laughs> but you have to back yourself. And that sounds like maybe the fans maybe didn't quite get that vibe, sadly. I mean slightly related because of red canids getting through and it was an upset because i mean everyone expected pain to probably return mm-hmm. at least from what i understood from my l- limited understanding should the format change over in cb lol the playoff system should you have a lower bracket in some capacity i mean because it's rough you lose no, one like, best of five you're out yeah, yeah I mean, that is like the feeling of losing is bad. The feeling of losing and that being it and there being no second chances and you being done is, like, just awful. 
No, I mean, I agree because I, I just think double elimination is just a smart thing. And a part of me was like, well, there's got to be a reason they did it. And I'm sure there is. But then I was like, Probably. well, actually, we had, we had like an extended amount of time between regular split and playoffs. And we had a week off between quarters and semis for some reason. I'm just going to say adapt the LGL system of playoffs because our playoffs are fucking great. Seriously, our playoff system, the last two years of covering it, I have never not had an epic story. We have a lower bracket of the worst teams. So oh, right, comes this up. thing. Yeah, this was weird. I was like, what? what is this? And we have a juggernaut is, match yeah. for first and second, and then first and, or second auto qualifies into the finals. It's, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm taking your topic really far. Um, yeah. Bad no, takes. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, why not? Uh, yeah, no, this no. I mean, tangents to what we do here, my dude. Do not stress. Like we have gone. There is a reason that um, our wonderful listeners that we adore very much have to listen to episodes that are significantly longer than they maybe should be, and it is because none of us can avoid a tangent to save our lives. So do not stress unduly about that. All right, glad but to keep it moving, Meg. Bad surprise, Alex. Bad surprise, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll move on here. Uh, unicorns of love. Um, they got it's worse true. from MSI. Mm. Um, I'm not entirely sure what it was that Somehow. happened, but they... That's impressive, yeah. getting worse from MSI. <laughs> like, they had a rough road to Worlds this year. Like, it was a lot more challenging than I think it has been for them in the past. But they got here, and they just kind of looked lost. We didn't get to see any of, like, the kind of analytic flair that we've seen out of him at previous tournaments. He kind of looked like he was on the back foot in his own jungle from minute one. Um, I think Argonaut was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't mm. expecting much from Argonaut and he kind of like, he did pretty well, but I think this team should have expected much more from themselves than what they gave. And I know that like um, Glayworth on Twitter, um, who is kind of, she has branded herself the CIS overlord, um, was also very disappointed having watched like, literally every single one of their games was also very disappointed in how they performed and i think this is a team that we should be expecting much more from and they were not able to deliver that this time which i think is a real shame yeah they should have done a lot better in their group um i actually did a podcast with her and there was the expectation of like you if they hit the meta right they could go undefeated but they could also sink really badly and i completely agree with where you're going with that meg because Oh, you can't man. have that level of volatility, unfortunately. You no. can't be a team that either hits the ground running or crashes and burns. Mm -hmm. Because they like there were moments where they could have picked up wins and they could have looked a lot better than they did. Yeah, they picked up a win and I love it. That was a and good win. <laughs> but just the rest win. of it just looked like a dumpster fire like i'm sorry to the cis fans but it did just look like a dumpster fire and they looked so lost in their games from a team where we've seen like this weird stuff pulled out from them before like the random i get that gadget's not with them anymore but like the random surprise twitch that d stealths on you in mid lane and suddenly takes all of your hit point and your life and all of your hopes and dreams and there was just none of that there was no like echoes of that team in what we saw here and i think that's really disappointing but alex what was your what was your your sadness moment the we have sad and bad surprises is what we've called this in the doc what was your sad L and bad surprise a as a whole region and Oof. infinity as the representative get him right, get i'm em. going pulling the sleeves on this one <laughs> right so first off by the way Two former LGL players are currently playing the LLA. Um, one of them being the jungler Boogie, who is very active on LLA Twitter and um, basically uh, denounced the region that he has just been playing in for a full year. Um, wow. oh, and no. there is also the player Archer, who was who went to Worlds. Uh, Boogie also was at Worlds in 2020 with V3. It was Boogie Archer. They were the two Korean players that popped off. Well, Archer looked good. Boogie just didn't get to play Lilia, so he looked impotent to say the least um and also he wasn't the best jungler in the region by like a country mile outside of blank yes the blank knight that won world well almost won worlds with faker and he's the player that's next to faker crying in that infamous photo where they lose finals feels bad man anyway lla infinity man this team looked actually kind of cracked i'm not gonna lie to you i was actually pretty excited i thought they would be 
No offense, but I didn't know too much about Red Canids or Peace. I had ideas and what I'd hearing from my Aussie brethren from down under and some of the CB LOL English guys. I, I'd heard rumors. I'd, I'd be like, don't get your hopes too high. But these teams, if they hit right, could be good. The moment that I realized Vizichachi was in, I was like, this team's probably they're going to be the greatest thing ever because it's got Vizichachi or it's going to go one and three. They didn't even go one and three. So, hey, I got that wrong. Um, but Infinity, I thought would be cracked. They beat, like, the, the playoff system, they beat um, Estral Esports, who had who had smashed Furious Gaming in a 3-1. I was like, oh my god. All right, let's go LLA. I've got a second team to root for. And then they just ran it down. They just never looked like they played a single game how they had actually played in the region. Something to uh, link back to Red Canids, who did actually do that. Mm. Um... Infinity just don't look good. The region has digressed. Like, if you explicitly, if I look at them from MSI to Worlds, they've gotten just worse, similar to Unicorns of Love. But then if I compare their Worlds results last year to this year, same org, same roster, uh, they got them worse. They, they were way better at making map rotations. They were way better at the, just the laning phase. It looks like, and, and something that Boogie, the reason I'm going to link back to that player, he went on Twitter and basically was like, our region has gotten worse. This region is not getting better. Year on year on year, we are not improving compared to a lot of other regions. And I'm like, wow, Japan's getting better. We always know Vietnam, whenever they come back, are going to be cracked because they always are. And they have got a point to prove yes, when they, they do. do eventually return. Yeah, right? like, hi, everyone got back on the PCS bandwagon, right? Oh, y'all, y'all are acting like PSG talent of the Flash Wolves. Remember us, right? Like Oceana sent the team they weren't meant to take, and they still got two wins, and they had mm -hmm. a sub top laner. Like that's the kind like Pentanet are a legitimately good team in the mm -hmm. world. Yeah, well, and that's uh, the other thing is like that was the five C, right? That's the you know fifth best team or whatever. Yeah, right? and they come in and it's like, hey, like. It, it, like if you if you turned off nameplates or whatever, like you just thought like, oh, this is the best OS team, you still would have been like, yeah, damn, like, yeah, cool, right? I got two it. like NA Academy rejects here, Vizachachi, right, and like, and then you got two Korean autofills. Well, actually, it's not Korean autofills because it's it's um it's Oceana, so it's Chinese or or um yeah, no, it was I just uh, Violet, so Hong Violet's Kong. Violet's Chinese. Uh, Violet's Hong Kong. Okay, mm -hmm. so, Violet is also no. like a very very good player i oh, liked violet impressive. a lot impressive my, my favorite thing is minor like young minor region adcs because like just every everything just focuses on your hands right and that's always so much fun it's like oh like and it proves this thing of no matter where you look there's talent mm. and that's really exciting for other reasons you know i don't well, even look it's, it's like the jose diodo thing right it's like look aside from just, the lla where perhaps agreed Absolutely, because they got it's a White Lotus. Here. And I'm like, man, you've been, you were good several years ago. Still waiting for that. What happened? Like, like, come on, and, clock's ticking. And, and, and I, I hate to throw this, but I mean, I'm gonna, you're gonna get some hate for this one. Uh, let's just think of the players from the LLA over the last year who went to the LCS. How many of them do you think is gonna restart out of those two? Do you think Jose's gonna get re signed? Really? Really? You think the greatest player from the LA is going to get re-signed with the performance he had? Wait, do you, do you mean re-signed by, by FlyQuest? By, or by FlyQuest. I mean, who else is going to take him at the moment outside of CLG? Oh! <laughs> hey, Golden mean... Guardians have got better options from their academy system. Mm -hmm. And I'm not and I'm God. not throwing shade there. It's The, the fact no. is, Golden Guardians academies are legit. Like, I actually think they're good mm -hmm. players. So I'm not trying to throw shade with that one. I'm throwing shade with CLG. Because CLG. It's CLG. Yeah. It's fine. I feel, it's a, I feel it's bad a, for all it's a players in CLG. Yeah. yeah. yeah so do easy. I. I, I got to yeah. think. It's weird. I, I was thinking about that. I, I don't know why, but like last night, for no reason, I was just like, you know, I, like, I guess Jose Diota will come back next year. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard anything explicitly to the contrary. I, I mean, I think I, I think he's more. Than, he's on more than like a one year deal. I'd be stunned if they just signed him to a one year deal. But I, like. I, yeah, I mean, also, I, I mean, I mean, also like two or three year contracts like don't mean anything, right? Because you can just get out of them. Yeah, like exactly. so, it's, you know, I mean, maybe it's a moot point. I um, yeah, I can't even remember the other player. What is that? Newbie. Newbie. Yeah, because he was Boy. a newbie. Jesus. And speaking Except of CLG, he wasn't, he's like twenty eight or something. Or, yeah, he's, oh, he's twenty four. He's twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of CLG, oh, so he's like former CLG. Uh, yeah, unless you're Utopon. Unless yeah, he's very old. Uh, 
Ruin, former CLG top laner, now playing yes. for All Knights. Oh! And, um... Oh my god, we did! Briefly playing for um, mm -hmm. All Knights, and now what, no longer what playing for... What played everywhere, it feels yeah, true. like. <laughs> no, what we, we dude's doing the, the tour to regions, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to um, come to Japan, then. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what? stranger things have happened. Last one here. Okay, you, you, you were mentioning uh, Blank, and... Okay. Mm. Who who he played for? Do you know where he is? Arrow. Yeah, he's on KT Arrows, yeah. Arrow? Oh, no, no. Oh, he's on KT it, Rollstar. Oh, no. Blank is on KT Rollstar. Arrow... Uh, Arrow, who was on KT. Playing, he was playing, he used to play with like, Someday, right, back in 2015, but... Yeah. Maryville University, or... Some, he's playing oh, Collegiate, right? Oh, ding, ding, yes, ding. Shit. He's, play, he's playing for. I, I don't know if it's Maryville or Wild. I think he's playing for. Is it Wild? No, it's Wildcard. It's Wildcard. Yeah. Yeah. It's Wildcard Red. Mm -hmm. They yes. have Wildcard Red and Wildcard Black, and I think he's on Wildcard Red. Mm -hmm. uh, God Almighty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wildcard Red. Yeah. And I, I was looking back. There's. I was like, Arrow. Like, no way. That's the same dude, right? Oh yes, it is. That the same is. Ones that, that is lost, the same guy. Lost. It the, the, was on the team with Someday Score. Uh, I lost my place. Someday Score, Nagni, and Pickaboo. And lost three one to Koo Tigers in the twenty fifteen quarterfinals. The boys. God Almighty! What a yeah. team! What a freaking team! Uh, anyway, that's enough about that. Uh, we, man, that was that. We got, we milked that one. That was good. Uh, let's go right into Meg's game. I'm energized. Yes. Right. So, um, gamers, I'm tr I'm working on a jingle for this. It's a it's a work in progress. We're getting there slowly but surely. It's the game that has no name. The game that everyone loves to play, and the game that determines whether you are allowed to remain in the professional League of Legends scene or not. If you lose this game, you get your card revoked. You are <laughs> <laughs> you are no longer officially allowed to have opinions on League of Legends. If you lose this game, it is Meg's game. So this week we have Hank competing for the what little pride there is of the Grit Strike podcast, and Alex competing for the quite large amounts of pride that is carried over at LGLOU. Let's go! This, maybe this maybe the highest game, it's ever been. Hmm, probably. Quite possibly the highest it's ever been. Apart from that one year, I think it was like 2018, where Vedius went on like his DFM hopium train on Twitter, and then they kind of crashed and... But I think it was 2018? Yeah. It might have been 2019, because that's when they went 20 and 1 years. in spring. Yes, 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 it was 2019. Okay. But, um, so, essentially, this game is, um, I opened Oracle's Elixir, I pressed randomize, and these are the most interesting stats that I could find on Oracle's Elixir, based on what we have seen so far in the wonderful and magical fiesta that has been the group stage of, the, the playing stage, rather, of the 2021 World Championship. Are we ready, gamers? Are we are we locked in? Are we focused? Remember, there is a lot riding on this game that doesn't even have a name yet. Yes. Oh, okay, yes. so, question one. Which team currently has the highest kill count of the play-in stage? Is it Galatasaray? Is it Beyond Gaming? Or is it Peace? Highest kill count, not kills per game. Highest kill count. This is total kills. Galatasaray, Peace, and Beyond? Yes. It's got to be Galatasaray. No way beyond or peace. Oh, oh, me oh. I'd say maybe peace, but no. I'm gonna stick with Galatasaray. I'm sticking with Galatasaray. Okay, then, then I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with peace. Well, you are both wrong because what? it is beyond gaming. Doggo waxed monster. So There's Beyond no Gaming way. have 198 total kills. Peace have 169. Nice. And nice. Galatasaray have 124. Cloud9 are in third with 152. Wow. Wow. So a big 0-0. Zero, zero, a strong opening for our representatives on today's episode of Meg's Game. Let's see if Mate, we can... If we just keep doing this, like, nobody wins and nobody loses. That's true. Right. So we don't right. have to have our execution at dawn of whoever is the is the loser execution of this game that definitely matters. Question two. Which champion had the highest pick presence across the plains? Was it uh, Lee Sin? Was it Misfortune or was it LeBlanc? Wait. Oh. So would I would I be what Oh. Highest Could pick. I hit... 
Yeah, this is most. Highest this pick, is not right? highest overall presence. This is most picked champion. Listen to the bank. I'm glad you took it because I was never going to take it. So that's fine for me. <laughs> well, now I feel. Well, now I feel very silly. Uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go misfortune. Ding ding! You are correct. It is no! misfortune. Who <clears throat> has a seventy-six point three percent pick percentage? She is a. She should be banned way more times. I thought she. And I thought she kind of was. Like I. I feel like I saw her. Be, maybe I was watching too much. Her ban no, all the other is twenty-one point one percent. All the other AD carries keep getting banned over. <laughs> and she really has funny. a ninety-seven point four percent total presence, which is the highest presence of any champion at Worlds so far. Followed up second by Leona, who has 86.8% presence and 63.2% pick rate. Yeah, Leona's so, still alarmingly strong. What an unbelievable LJLOU is one up so far. Hank, Fine. if you lose this for us, you're getting kicked off the podcast. I'm counting on you here. All right. Number three, the eight players, the top eight KDAs of the tournament. Yep all come from players on only two teams. Wow. Mm -hmm. Which two teams are they? I hate this. Detonation Focus Me and LNG. Hank, I'm going to have to press you for an answer. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I wanted to say those. I think the first seeds, it's easy. Yeah, I you mean, I wanted say to those. say those too. Um, if you think it's correct, there's no, no such thing as overlap, baby. How many questions in are there in today's edition of Meg's game? You there know, are five questions. Little, little in game theory here. Meg's game. Okay, then I'll then I'll stick then I'll stick with those two. Yeah, I've got to come back to make. I'm hedging my bets. In on that this one. case, you are both correct. The eight highest KDAs in order are from Iwandi, Light, yep. Utapon, Ale, Aria, Steel, Icon, and Tarzan. Okay. DFM, wow. let's go. They are all nutty on the sticks because they there are some <laughs> there are some KDAs going on at this tournament so far. There has been a little bit of a steamroll going on in in the play-in stage. It's what we love to see. All right, so two to Question one. Question four. It is two to one. Let's go. You can on bring board, this back, baby. Hank. I do believe in you, although I am preparing your your exit speech as we speak. I'll That's send okay. it to you when we're okay. done. That's the host as well. That's aggressive. <laughs> and in a twist of fate, I'll probably read it as well. Oh. Yeah. Read my own exit speech. Cool. All right. Which player has the highest kill participation percentage of the tournament so far? Is it Boss? Is it Vulcan? Or is it Doggo? Kill participation percentage. Boss, Vulcan, Doggo. It's gotta be... There's no... Yeah, it has to be... Oh, wait. Kill participation, right? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna say Vulcan. Nah, that guy's been inting. I'm gonna say Doggo. <laughs> Um, it was actually neither of them. It is Boss. Oh, good I thought there was a red herring. Boss has a kill yeah. participation of 76.4. Wow. Doggo has a kill participation of 71.7. Uh, and Vulcan that's... has a kill participation of 71.7. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow, and that's a good start. In first, in a move that I think literally no one was expecting, is PK. PK, Beyond Gaming's sub top no. laner, has the highest kill participation of the tournament so far at 80%. The more you know. That is stunning. And no, when, you're, when your team don't get many kills when you're playing, it, it does help. Every, yeah. little, every little helps. Every little helps. <laughs> yeah, Tesco's decided that one, right? <laughs> right, so we are currently still at 2 1. No pressure, but you do have one more chance to bring this back, Hank. I'm, not a, less, I'm not a biased games question. master in any way, but. We are counting on you. This is where a Red Canids question comes in, and I'm like, where? <laughs> this well, that'd, that'd be doubly bad if I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, question number five, it's all to play for. Which player has placed the least wards per minute of the play-in stage? Bruh. Is it A, Babip, which, by the way, fantastic name to say, very mm. much enjoy saying the name Babip, is it B, Zven, or is it C, Utapon? So it's a coin flip in my head between Utapon and Zven. I mean, I if, a, if, if, if a jungler's not placing wards, they're not doing their job, so I just don't yeah. want to... Oh, but, oh! Oh, no, I'm actually going to go for the jungler. I'm going to go for Babib. Yeah, I'm going to switch. 
All right, then I'm, then I'm going to go with Utapon. It is Babip. Yeah. Babip has placed 0.26 wards per minute over yeah, the course he just of the switches, group stage. Yeah, because he hasn't played stage, warding champion. Yeah, because he's been switching to warding totem. Yeah. yeah. Utapon is wow. the third lowest with 0.32 plays per minute, and Sven is somewhere that is not currently on my screen. So he has been he has been warding like a champ because he has okay. not been massively useful for much else. Because okay, well at least my intuition was right because my my guess was well Vulcan likes to roam when he's not playing Nami and he also likes to roam when he's playing Nami, which is a separate maybe issue. But uh, just gotta be a lot smarter when you're roaming as Nami. But we're not gonna this isn't that podcast. Uh, so, so okay, well Sven's gotta keep himself safe and damn. We have our winner. What little pride the Critical Strike podcast had has been unceremoniously tossed into a fire as to get, the like, LJLOU are currently the reigning champions of the game without a name that is currently known as Mech's Game. Uh, I graciously accept this trophy. Thank you, everybody. I am truly the smartest and biggest of brain people. Yes. Until next week when we get some... We, we need to have, like, a who can get the best score. We're oh, going to have... Board. We are hoping, crossed fingers, we are hoping that we will be able to get a couple more guests on throughout the course of Worlds. We're ironing out some kinks with that at the moment. So not only are you competing against us, LJLOU representative, you are competing against all of those who will come after you. You've, okay. you've set the bar, you've set the bar, and now your representatives that follow will have to clear it in further rounds of the game with no name, otherwise known as Next Game. So... Uh, I will give my uh, I'll give now my, my quick little CB lol uh, my red canids eulogy um, and then we'll get into the, the the good stuff here which is the the DFM hoping so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this relatively brief uh, and also I kind of touched on it when I was rambling earlier um, <clears throat> I think that the I came into the tournament kind of thinking this and maybe it was a little bit of self preservation but like we have sort of talked about here the expectation for Red Canids was not that this team would go and just clap kids internationally. I would, I would say that was a little more the sentiment behind pain because I felt that there was an immense amount of experience there. I do think that having previous international experience helps a lot. And it was just Titan. He had been to an MSI and a, for Red Canids, he had been to MSI and Worlds in 2018 with Kaboom. But that was it. Um, the rest of the team, for me, Red Canids were cool because it felt like, and if you listen to like their audio and such their mic checks it's a bunch of friends playing the game and i do think that that unironically the power of friendship uh can do a lot for you uh if you you know it, it helps your mental i think that mad lions have proved that the power of friendship is a powerful powerful thing um i'm not putting those two in the same tier but they have they both have the power of friendship and i think that can really do a lot for you and i think when the going gets tough that can be what bails you out um, you can lean on one another. You can be open with one another, etc. And I think that they're very likable personalities. They stayed themselves. Uh, I was very... It was a lot of fun to watch. I got very emotionally invested in this team. And I think that the big takeaway is that... Look, this team was one game away from facing down Cloud9 with not the... With a group of kids that I think hopefully signal good things for the CBLO in the future. Um, that I think there are parallels to be drawn with the LCS in that... Now that they've adopted franchising, gotten rid of promotion and relegation, it is less about results and it is more about, hey, we have a country with the sixth largest population on earth. And let's let, let's plumb the depths of this talent here. We've got an we've got an intensely passionate fan base that will go to the ends of the earth for this region. Um the you know, the kids can play, the kids can play well. Let's invest more in them. Let's not get big names and in a, a big team is not made of big names a big team is made of good players um and i think we are seeing now and i even saw this with red canids and maybe, maybe this is a bad take maybe this is a hopium filled take but grevthar said this to me in the interview and i don't think and i think i i think i agree with him independently uh you know because I, I i am biased here i know that but i think with minor regions in general this is becoming more true it's not the micro anymore that is holding them back it's the macro there is enough talent and they're getting enough exposure. It's about coaching and it's about structure and it's about creating good enough environments where players feel that they can succeed and grow. And those things, look, and, and building that is sometimes a nigh impossible task and involves just so many more things that a lot of people get paid a lot more money than me to figure out. But I hope that this is a good sign, a sign of good things to come for 
CB Lowell. I'm probably going to get one of their jerseys because they're also really cheap. Just by the way, um, Red Kid is jerseys. You can get two for $50. I would buy one for that. Mm-hmm. Not each, but two but, for 50 but- but do you want to split them? We'll get the cost and we'll split the postage on this. Yeah, that's the postage is the kicker to the UK <laughs> at the moment. Thanks, Brexit. Yeah, thanks, Brexit. Love you, Boris Johnson. You're my favourite. Yeah. Right, well, I'm going to go cry for four years now because I'm sad about Red Canids. And I, like, they, they are, su- they're like the little engine that could. And mm. I just, I want these, could. like, bros. You could. sent me the, their, like, victory, um, like, still when they won the finals and they're all just like mm-hmm. crying and hugging each other and I was like I can't do mm-hmm. this this is too much for me I'm gonna I'm a dip I'll see you guys later I just yeah. I want them to do well and I I think they showed good bones like mm-hmm. there's some stuff that needs work sure but I definitely think this team has good bones yep yeah, and Not, further coaching yeah. scrimming and everything else like Red Canids could easily like I could see a world in a year or two from now where they they're in groups and that looks normal like those same players as well yeah, no, and, and I think um, I, I think one of the mid laners because it was a uh, because Avenger did get subbed in, and he was the mm-hmm. mid laner for the whole regular season, and it was again to overgeneralize it was a micro versus macro sort of thing. Aegis was a better laner and a bit of a more in your face kind of player, but like Grefthar likes to play things like Clad and goofy stuff that is more about macro enabling and stuff. Um, and they decided that was the kick up the butt they needed. Got in the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think. Um, yeah, and minor region teams as well. I was talking, to, and even Visachachi uh, had, had had said this. I got to interview him as well. I said, you know, like now you've been to Worlds as a minor region representative, like, and I'd heard from Brazilian teams. Tell me if the, tell me if you experienced this as well. Coming that because BRTT said at MSI of this year, and it had been said about INT, INTZ said it in Worlds twenty twenty. I said they said teams don't want to scrim with us because they view it as a waste of time. Big teams that we would learn from scrimming from don't want to scrim with us because they view it as a waste of time. Um, I was like, visit Chachi. You have been to Worlds as a major region and a minor region representative. You know, was that the case? And he was like, yeah, for peace. Like, we we couldn't get scrims. We couldn't get scrims until we went out there, and, and Brazilian players said this as well, until we showed in our first couple play-in stage games in, in the best of ones, like, oh, okay, they lost, but they're worth scrimming against. And, they, like, we had to earn it. Um, and I don't know. And I don't know. I don't even know what the point I was trying to make with that was. Uh, but um, yeah, put some it, respect it, on their fucking names. Like the the treatment of internet, like of minor region teams in international league, and it's like this has been harped on with the unfortunate incident that non-Asian occurred. Non-Asian minor region yes. teams. The incident that occurred with um, Riot's placeholder text for the Pickhams with the we don't support this fiesta, that whole debacle, which has been relitigated until the end of time on social media. I really don't... Like, these teams are not being given the credit they deserve. And these teams are not being given the credit they deserve by bronze four EU and NA fans who would get absolute circles run around them by any single one of these players with both hands tied behind their backs and their heads in a bucket of water. Just like, oh, they're trash, they're garbage, they're not even worth being there, why do we even have the minor regions at these tournaments? Because they're good and they can take games off teams who have 15 times the funding that they do and we have DFM situations where they can break out and they can, <laughs> like probably take some games off like some really really good teams in the group stage i think, I think they're going to cause some chaos in groupie i, yeah, I don't i don't I've, think they, i don't think they get I'm, out I'm ready but i think they're going to cause some chaos. fiesta in group b yeah. i'm excited so God, on that note do you alex unironically think that dfm make it out of this group why or why not okay so quick disclaimer i posted my predictions for group b dfm first t1 second that is the hot take copium hopium release me and this is what my body wants if i could have a spirit with all the respect in the world i don't think that's copium or hopium i think that is opium i think that is a that is yeah yeah i've got well and truly just od'd at that point um realistically i think they could snag second if if t1 do not show up like I don't, I think it would be slightly ridiculous for me to be like, oh yeah, Edward Gaming aren't gonna make it out. Like that is some insane stuff I'm I smoking mean, at that point. The weirder things have happened. EDG Agreed. have hard choked on the international stage before. Agreed. But I, 
just don't see this iteration of EDG okay. sadly doing that. Um, I think we have a better chance of this version of T1 doing that. And it feels awful to say this because, what, LCK have only missed playoffs twice in the history of worlds out of every single team that's ever gone they always make wow. groups t1 t1 has also never not made groups oh no never made it out of, not made it out of groups they've always made it to playoffs always they've always made it to semis uh yeah yeah they have yeah i think which is insane we might like okay fully realistic i think there's a good chance we'll take a game off of 100 thieves and we could take a game from uh from t1 I think it's unrealistic for me to... Like, I'm putting my super analyst hat here. Uh, yeah, let's unrealistic. be boring for a second. It, it's super unrealistic for me to real to say, oh, yeah, DFM have a good chance versus EDG. They don't have a good chance. They have a chance, ladies and gentlemen. And if you ask me a numbers, I'm a slight degenerative gambler. 30%. That's way better than I would have given them versus EDG coming into the into worlds where i'd have been like yeah three percent five percent it's edg they just they smashed finals they they looked good versus fpx mm. oh now i'll give them a 30 percent because hey the sky's the limit at this point and well and truly i don't i think what's important dfm went through arguably a weaker group than everyone expected it to be like beyond were not the champions that everyone was expecting i was expecting huge things we all came to learn partly why Beyond were not doing anywhere near as good as we were <laughs> hoping. Um, UOL sadly hadn't improved from MSI, so they ended up being kind of that infinity. They were probably going to be last place anyway. Um, Galatisaray were huge, and I've already given them credit. Like, hats off to those lads. Like, Mo I'm Mojito is for... nice with it. I enjoy oh. watching that man play. He is nutty on the sticks, as mm -hmm. they say. So, realistically, can DFM be a blue shell? To use American <laughs> analogy, absolutely. They they could absolutely upset. They could steal games and using steal the jungler well and truly live up to his namesake, as he's already done a few times in this world. So like DFM, this is the best version the LGL has ever had. This is the best team the LGL has ever had. Not the best players in individual roles. Don't get me wrong. I do think peak. We have seen other players in the in those designated roles peak slightly higher. But I'm not saying that for mid lane. Arya is the best mid lane minor region player in the world. And I will stand Damn. by that. I will die on this hill if you made me. I did not think I would agree with you on the Arya point, but because um, I liked what we saw of him in MSI. Like, I we haven't even seen what we can really see from Arya. Yeah. Yet. And That's like, the thing. He. I think he's really, really solid. I don't think he's just one of these kind of flash-in-the-pan mechanical gods that we've kind of seen come up from minor regions and then sort of flicker out. Mm. Like, I think we kind of saw... This is a weird example because we haven't mm. been able to see him play in quite a long time, but someone like Levi, who everyone was like, yes. he's insane, he's a god, he's the best player you've ever seen, and then he came to NA and he was just fine. He wasn't this, like... Yeah, but that's the bad. NA effect. That is the NA effect, true. That does have to be accounted for in this Wait, what equation. did you guys do to Broxer? Like, for God's no, sake. No, can we not talk about Broxer? Okay, I'm gonna get yeah. sad. I'm, I'm in a good mood right now. I <laughs> love that guy. He deserves the entire world. He does. My, you see, by you see the his way, tweet? He was um, at a Danish school, like, talking oh about- Oh, God. That was so sweet. My he looked king. so happy. He looked like he was- I just- <sighs> Can we all- Everyone just take a moment, hold hands in prayer, and pray that Broxer's pillow is always cold, and he always, like, wakes oh. up on the right side of the bed. Just because yeah. that man deserves the world and everything in it. Broxer is fantastic. But no, I, like... Ari is really good, and he's not just, like, a flashy mechanical Z player who doesn't know how to ward. Like, he's a good player, and he works really well with Steel, and I'm, like... He has I a champion can... ocean, FYI. Like, he was having to 1v9 teams in the LJL when he was on Crest Gaming Act, his pri previous team to DAFM. Because he was that good. Teams, there is, there's a great situation. I'm going to take you all on a wild trip here. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm buckled All in. the way back in spring of 2020, ladies and gentlemen. D um, Crest Gaming Act versus Rascal Jester. Rascal Jester probably have the third best team in the region. Their bot lane is a team of ninja... Uh, of, vivid and ninja right like these guys were really good in the region never quite international worthy but they were pretty good for the region right vivid and rascal jesters realize we might actually lose 
this game to Aria. We're not going to lose the game to Chris Gaming Act. We're going to lose this game to Aria. So what do they think they do at the 30 minute mark? Well, do you want to know who Vivid's playing? He's playing Blitzcrank and Arya's on Silas. How do you beat a Silas that's 1v9ing? You just cook him? Alt, he's dead. Once he's dead, he's silenced. He can't Kingslayer at that point. It's fine, he can't steal an ornament. It's fine, just kill him, CC lock him, and then they ended the game. I'm not even joking. They literally st stood in the mid brush and just waited. They hooked Arya and then just went, oh, we win now, and just ran it down. And the rest of Crest Gaming we've Act... Complete, we've ticked the checklist. We've got our win condition. Yeah. Please just end the game. Exactly. But then if Arya was on the map, they were like, we can't win. Like, this guy has just done, a, like, two years on Crest Gaming Act 1v9ing. He's come into DFM and actually played a vastly different role from how he's had to play historically, just professionally. Um, and I think that, I think that transition right there is a good parallel to... Sometimes what you see out of whether it's mechanical, you know, mechanical gods or solo queue gods, right? Is mm. when you change, like, okay, now you're in a structured team setting or just a different team setting, can you adapt, right? Through between, like Meg was saying, like, no, like, you're not just a mechanical Zed player, knows, like, you're a good player. Because that's, that's what involved in being a good player. And, I, and I'm glad you told that story because I think that lets further credence to it. And he was not coming into a small thing. He was taking over Siros. That was mm -hmm. like taking over Bjergsen. That's like taking over Faker. Like, Seros is... He's the emperor. His title boy. is the emperor. Like, he, I he didn't... I knew nothing about the LDL. I was a disgusting little gremlin EU fangirl for the longest time. And, like, I knew who Seros was. And I, like, yeah. put some respect on Seros's name at international events. Like, I didn't know jack shit about any other region. And I knew who Seros was. And he was that tenured player. Him and Utapon had played on the same org. Like, like Seros... Till before before stepping down in 2020, because he had never taken a single break, him and Utapon were the longest tenured starting players on any organization ever. Out does Faker because Faker's taken breaks and he's had pieces off where he's not been able to play the continuously full split. Cyrus and Utapon were still going. Now with Cyrus going, Utapon's got like an extra year on like everybody in the world with how long he's been playing Jesus. for. But, and that's where Arya has to step in. The shoes he was stepping into were monumental, but there was never a question if he was going to be able to fill them. It was like, where do we go from this? Because we know where we can go with Cyrus. We can get to worlds with Cyrus. We can do crazy things that this league has never seen before. He comes in, the summer that gang comes in, they go 0-3 and then get the longest win streak in LJL history of 12-0. Well, After an MSI hangover and fixing things in the organization because they've just got a new support in, well, not new, but they haven't played and they haven't got that team mm -hmm. dynamic in gelling because you're just going to be screaming with Kazu for as much as you can because you want to get those reps in, right? You want to get the team cohesion going. The fact that Arya came in, has dealt with multiple player swaps since coming in, the fact that he's able to also then go against Showmaker, go against Perks, multiple occasions, and he's kept his ground. Like, he hasn't lost these matches. He hasn't rolled over. And I would argue in that final match, that tiebreaker match versus Perks, he gapped Perks. I think that that is not that unrealistic of a statement, which seems weird to say, really, because it's like Perks, with all of his mythos and prestige, got gapped by... A random no um, name that no one knew about until this tournament yeah, started. Yeah, fully. Let's be real. Like, nobody respected Arya enough, and he has come in with a big stick and is just kind of beating everyone over the head to be like, no, I'm here. Yeah. What's up? Let's tussle. Let's go. Let's fight. <laughs> and that's just the rest of DFM, right? Like, Arya is kind of this poster child because he's at the very early beginning of his career. I think what's important to remember is Gang, the support player, uh, his brother is the head coach, Yang. Um, Yang coached another team called Axis. Axis were basically the last place team, never won anything. Uh, he comes in, they actually make playoffs for the first time in their organization's history. Um, they then take that stuff. He then leaves to go DFM. Uh, Axis then actually get their place in summer because they're actually cracked, but that's not related to here. This is DFM. Um, so Yang and Gang, there's talks that potentially they might have to go to military service. So this might be, um, so it's like, oh God, maybe a head coach who's just brand new. Kazu is obviously the, the, the actual coach, but in titles, Yang is the head coach. 
Uh, but Gang might have to leave soon because of military service reasons. Uh, Udapon has been playing for longer than anybody else, as I've mentioned. He is honestly the player that deserves a, a one-hour G-Bay documentary. I'm not joking. <laughs> he, he genuinely does, does deserve that kind of spotlight where everyone go, man, I never knew about this player until I watched it, and I'm glad I did. Ebi is the is the the Japanese face of the of the organization. Everything he's he's been playing with Ram. He's gone to Worlds more time than I believe any Japanese player ever has, and that's including Utapon because Ebi went with Rampage a few times before he joined DFM, and that's how good he was. He was so good they were like, we need to get that guy. They steal him over, and then Ebi is yeah. It's 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 actually unreal. Like Ebby and uh, Ebby was almost breaking down when they got that one that interview. You could tell in the Japanese interview if you haven't watched it already. He's crying. Like you could tell he's like holding back the tears. He's like, I'm just, I'm just so happy. And that's why it's got that infamous, good to game. Yeah. Like, good to game. It's 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 ah oh, this. You can tell this means so much. And the fact that they get to play against Faker is yep. a dream come true for so many of these players. It's like validation. It's like, mm. we get to make Worlds groups. Fuck yeah, let's go, boys. And you get to play against Faker. <laughs> All right, I've already won. It doesn't matter now. I can actually go home happy. Like, Steel was... Uh, I remember Steel did an interview with Ashley Kang, and he was like, one of the things I want to do is play against Faker because that legitimizes me as a player. It's like you you slay the dragon to get to where you want to go. Not only do you get there, but you get there against the single most famous player of all time. And Hank, I don't know about you, I am very easily influenced, and I am currently like, fuck yeah, DFM winning worlds for sure. Let's go, baby. I'm huffing the hopium right now Here? until um, Fnatic beat them 3-0 in finals. But here's, aside from that... Here's what I will say. Life. Here's what I will say. I do think Group B... Um, especially when you're talking about just the three teams not named DFM in that group. I think that group has the lowest floor of any group. Like, if everyone plays at their worst, right? Because, like, like you said, you know, like, be it T1 or EDG, they've shown high highs, but they've shown mm. low lows. And to me, my opinion, if everyone, like, if any of those teams play to their floor... DFM or, you know, Hundy Thieves can overtake them. And I haven't seen that for Hundy Thieves. Like, if Hundy Thieves play to their floor, they could vault them. It's, if, it's if, if, if you know, if, if Faker doesn't show up, mm. that, that team's not making it out, right? EDG, I think, have the highest floor, but they're not indestructible. No. Far from it. Not not by any stretch. And in all, all honesty, one of the things that me and the guys at the IJLOU, we, we produce a mega doc now after for major events, and we send that over to publications, and we're like, hey, this is your primer for DFM. Narrative-wise, player-wise, this is what you do. When it came to the weaknesses, we're like, I don't know, their mental game, because that's why they lost a bunch of games in the Juggernaut match, because they just stopped caring. Like, I'm not even joking, their living situation, a bunch of stuff where you look at it and go, ah, but they lost the Juggernaut match. You go, yeah, but have you seen the interviews? They just, they, they were mental booming before they even went into that match. That's why they 6-0'd afterwards, because they were like, all right, boss. Like, the CEO, the CEO, I don't think this is really known outside of, like, the hardcore fans. The CEO of Detonation Focus Me, for the first time ever in the organization's history, came down and talked with the players after that loss and basically told them off because that was disrespectful what they have just done to the org, the org's name, and as well their opponent's rascal jester. They were like, he was like not remotely happy with them. He's never done that. Ebby has been on that team for like five plus years. Never has experienced that once. They can go 6-0. I'm sorry. I'm not that, like... For me, that juggernaut match means nothing because I'm like, well, they they threw it themselves. So I'm like, what is DFM's actual lowest point? Like, are they just strictly worse just because of their play? And I'm like, if that's the case, we're going to beat everybody if they have a bad day. Like, well and truly. If they have yeah. a bad day, we could just use our hands and get there. I mean, like, could. we'll find out, right? Like, it really, this is the, like, it's all to play for is very overused when it comes to the world championships and has been very overused for quite a long time. But like, I do really think like this is going to be a banger group stage. And like, we get to That's open it with one of the most banger matches. We open it with FPX versus Dan one. And like, what a way, what a way to start. God, I just, I love worlds and I'm so excited because this play-ins has just given us so much good, like good juicy stuff to get mm. stuck into the group stage with. 
and I think personally it's going to be pretty good I think we are in for a, a bit of a ride with this year's world championships and I am very excited to see where they take us Yep. Can I just ask you both a quick question? Because I'm very interested what you thought of play-ins. Uh, because I have the opinion that this was maybe the best play-ins we've really had to experience. I like this new format a lot. Mm -hmm. I It's brutal on the casters. And like doing eight game days is rough. But uh, I, I'm used to it. I do 16 games after back to back in LJL. It's yeah, fine. but you've just—that's just on some different shit. You're like built that, different. these these poor major yeah, like casters Lowe. are not used built to different. having to cast this much content. Like, oh, yeah. boo hoo! Nah, Stop no, being I, mean to the casters. I'm trying no, to be nice. I, I have been on active on Twitter as a caster and a host. I have been screaming their praises, and I think a lot of these casters have been doing an amazing job. Mm, for mm -hmm. sure. But like, um, I think we got some sick games. I think we got some games that were, a little, that were a little bit Resident Sleeper. But I think this is better, for, if nothing else, from Riot's standpoint, because it means that you're not splitting up all of these like big name teams into these smaller groups. So you get more interesting matches, give mm. people more reason to watch the play-ins and get more attention on these minor region teams. And it means that these upsets, when they happen, are so much more impactful because more people are watching them. And that is the point of Worlds, is for people to see what these teams can do. And I think this format has allowed that to a much greater extent. And I think these play-ins were bangers. Like, I didn't catch every single game, but I think the games that I did see were all pretty resoundingly great. Mm -hmm. No, I think I agree. I think there's a little bit of confirmation bias with me because... The last couple of years, I followed them a lot more closely. So, like, I've just paid more attention. So, if I had paid more attention in the past, I could have seen cool stuff there. But, like, it does feel like it's getting better and better every year. I do like this format a lot. Uh, and I think that, yeah, the minor regions in general are just getting better and better. So, yeah. But the gap is, is be, closing. No, the gap is closing. And, and that's a very good thing. And I think formats like this allow that to come more to the forefront. And I think that can only be a, a good thing if the cycle were to continue this way. So, that's going to be it for us. Uh, first day of the group stages is going to be a banger. Monday alone has, I think, eight must-watch matches, which I think is great because it's very easy to get burnt out as it goes on. So, like, I, I'm glad they front-loaded it like they did. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but my goodness, I, unbelievable. Uh, that's going to be for us. Alex, thank you so much for being here. Uh, the the Thank you for bringing your enthusiasm. Thank you for bringing your passion for your region because that it, everything's about perspective. Right, and and you bring such an incredible perspective to minor regions as as someone who covers a minor region as much as does. And I'm like, why isn't everybody just as geeked about this? It it it's perspective and it's knowledge and it's you know, not. I'm is, also a hype bro, so I'm like always yeah, going to no. get excited. No, like, but, look, I, I, but you're 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 a caster. Yeah, exactly. You like I'm I I I'm, I'm the same thing, right? I mean, doing the CBL uh, CBL English has been like, it's been the best part of my year. And I get zero dollars for that. It's been the best part of my year. It's, been, it's the most fun thing I do. Like what I do as well, my dude. No, and it's not close. It, it's awesome. Uh, I'm so. the grumpy ex-journalist who hates on everything. You have your two, like your two <laughs> opium sellers, and then you have me who's like, I think all of the teams are bad and I hate it. From <laughs> my little grumpy the least it's, it's the it's the EU in me. It's the oh, like that everybody is trash that has just consumed my soul and everything in it. Fanatic win worlds. Now please end the show so I don't have to explain myself. I will not. Uh, we will see you. No, it's, it's going to be as easy as that. Oh, wait. Uh, find us on your favorite podcast aggregators. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Pocket Cast. Yes! There we go. Woo! Nailed it. I did it. I never get that right for context. Um, it's only been, what, 36 thir episodes? 36 episodes, and I've gotten that right first try less than five times. Um, wow. And with that, we will see you back here next week.